on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I'm with a client and we're talking and I get a call from somebody I'm, I'm very heavily involved with, with his company right now. It's, it's uh, Tommy Mello. A lot of people in the home service industry, that's going to, that's going to ring a bell. He's, he's a rock yeah. star. And he calls me and I'm in the middle of this consultation call, this paid call with one of my clients who, who runs a, a pest and fertilizer company. And I'm like, I, I got to take this call. And so I'm like, what do I do? And I, I asked permission for, for the guy I'm talking. I said, do you mind if I take this call? And he says, only if I can listen in because yeah, he buddy. knows who Tommy is. And he's just like, I, I've got to listen in. And That's so right. obviously I, I pick up and Tommy's fine with it. And so we're, we're talking back and forth. And he's just like, that was so valuable to hear these two giants talking about this, that, and the other. So yeah, there, there is something about yeah. taking away that steepness of the learning curve by surrounding yourself with other people who are successful, with other people who have been there, done that, who have you know scratched their knees, stubbed their toes, like we talked about earlier. If if you can surround yourselves with the right group of people, man, it just it just shortcuts you. I mean, it, it's literally a cheat code, right? You've shortcutted all the mistakes that they've made. You don't have to you don't have to redo those. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Lenny Gray on the King stage. Lenny, my brother, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Chaz. Yourself? You know, it's a great day. It always is, though. But I got to tell the listeners, <laughs> I came off of one recording and I and I was nine minutes late. I am never nine minutes late. And you guys, I'm just so excited for you to hear from this guy, because if he has patience and poise and posture like a true king to wait for me for nine minutes, holy moly, I'm excited to see what he's going to give you. So thank you for doing that. But also, Lenny, thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. No, it's all good, man. Good things come to those who wait, right? That's what my mom taught me. So that's that's where we're at. So we're going to we're going to provide the audience some good things today. We're going to crush. I love it. Lenny, tell us what kind of business that you're in, my brother. So I have, I started out in the door-to-door industry years ago. I did door-to-door sales in college for a pest control company, started my own pest control companies, wrote a couple books. So now I'm into consulting, got a land development company. We do vacation rentals as well. So I'm kind of all over the place. Yeah. You know, it's funny because you mentioned before we hit the record button that you've listened to a couple of episodes and a lot of my guests, they're just like, all over the place, all these different industries and all these different ages and successes and all this stuff. And it stems from me feeling like you, like franchising and real estate. And even in real estate, there's like three different versions and then podcasting mastermind. Like people look at me probably like they look at you and go, could you just not pick one, bro? Or what, <laughs> what happened? You know? <laughs> yeah. So I feel you. <laughs> you get opportunities, right? And if the right opportunities come along, not that I've hit home runs on all those opportunities, right? You're, you're not yeah. swinging the bat unless you, you swing and miss sometimes. So yeah. So it's just been interesting how things have kind of fallen into place where I'm at now and, and certainly open to who knows what tomorrow brings. Exactly. I love that. Okay. So you're in obviously lots of different industries. As you've said, my first question, always the same is why? 
Like not necessarily why those industries, why are you still doing it? You're still after it. You're in multiple industries. You're, you're, you're still swinging the bat as you just said, why? Yeah. So great question. Like, like I said, we've, we've had a lot of successes over the years and, and, you know, in acquisitions and, and different things, but I really feel like I'm at the point in my life where I love the opportunity to help other people to have success. I, I love the opportunity to help other people reach their dreams. And I feel like from starting as just, you know, bottom of the barrel, rookie door-to-door sales rep for a company going out knocking doors to now I can I can develop programs. I can teach others how to do that and how to be successful at that. I just, yeah. it excites me right now. That's where I'm at in my life, just to teach other people and, you know, leave it better than I found it. That's, that's kind of a rule of thumb for me. I love it. Now, <clears throat> on that note here, real quick, I want to just go practically into one little section your consulting that you do is it in the door-to-door space is it in the pest control space is it in the vacation rental space where where are you focused there most of my consulting stems from my books the door-to-door millionaire series again two books there and most people in the home service industry that's probably more in particular what i'm heavily involved with and it's all home service industry not just pest but i've also consulted for finance companies and insurance companies so the model of door-to-door sales and and I, I call it the armpit of all sales, right? It's like it's like the worst, <laughs> right? You, you're generating leads of people that may never yeah. have thought about the product you're you're, you're pushing. So, right. to me, I can adapt my processes, my sales processes to just about anything. It's, it's worked in you name it, home service industry. I've right. I've probably been there, done that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you're right. It's you know most well, not most, but a lot of the people that I know that run successful businesses at some point, either did door to door or cold calling, you know, some sort of rookie position, like you, like you stated, I can remember being, you know, 20, maybe I was, yeah, 20, 21, making cold calls and just getting hung up on hundreds at a time. You're just like, okay. (laughs) Or choosing to go the next door, coming back the next day after you know, 50 knocks and and no results or 300 phone calls. A day. It, there's, there's just a, a baseline of perseverance, persistence, tenacity that's built in that process that then later gets used for us in business ownership. Yeah. And it's a great thing. Like, like you said, it's that repetition, right? And in yeah. doing things and getting rejected the same ways and then learning how to overcome those certain rejections and just improving and getting better. And I think one thing that's been very helpful for for me is I've gotten feedback from clients and other people I've worked with is the way I teach things. It's very replicable. Like, I don't want to be that one in a million guy that's just so dynamic and and so outgoing on the doors. Like, I'm I'm a normal guy. I just, you know, I'm probably the most boring guy in the room. If you you put me in in with a group of people, I'm not that outgoing. But there's something for me when I get in a sales situation, especially on the doors, that just something clicks and something's like, you you know, you can bring a different energy and you can bring a, a certain skill set that that is is very teachable if yeah. if you have the right you know the right teachers and the right processes. I love that. It made me think of one thing, and I want to try to leave this open ended to see if maybe your answer would be like mine. When you said you get into that door to that door situation, right? It's like difference, different energy. Would you compare that to being like on stage or not maybe on stage, but 
some sort of a performance. A hundred percent. I've said that before. Like, yeah. like the doorstep is my stage. And yes. I was a, a broadcast guy in, in college. I graduated with a degree in broadcast communication. So I was going to be this TV guy anyway. So I get that when the lights are on, cameras are rolling, you kind of have to have that energy. I write about it in my book as far as being a seven, right? Yeah. Most people, they operate probably at a three to five range. But when you're in an environment and you're selling or you're trying to sell somebody on yourself, maybe it's a job interview or, or sure. you know, you're interviewing other people for, for your company, you want to see if they can bring that level of energy to about a seven. More often than not, most people, like I said, they, they run in that three to five. Every now and again, you get a nine or a 10, and that's just a little bit too much. You don't want to be that person you know, knocking doors or interacting with people either. So I've found yeah. that a, a seven seems to be kind of that, that perfect place to be to, to really bring energy and, and good yeah. vibes with people. Yeah, I love it. I, I can remember being a sales rep and then obviously a sales manager as well when I would jump onto a call and take over a call and try to get it done. But <clears throat> I would stand up and I'd, you know, I have my little headset on, I'd be in my desk and I'd turn around and, you know, cause all the other cubes were behind me and I'd be like, not, not necessarily soliciting attention, but my voice projects. I'm six, five, I'm a big guy. It just projects. And then now, so now they can hear me. And now I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying fun things. Like I'm on stage, like I'm an introvert, believe it or not, yep. but you're on this stage. You're, you're got the seven level of energy. It's great because it's relatable. You're building rapport. You're talking about good stuff. And then now they can hear it. And so now that I know that they're watching me, oh, it just goes to a whole nother level. Now I'm really having fun saying yep. fun stuff, you know, and which just ex accelerates the actual relationship that you're having with the guy on the phone or at the doorstep. Yep. Absolutely. It's all real even though it's under the lights. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree with that. Totally. I, like I said, when, when I'm on the door with somebody doing training and I, and that's the thing, like I, I still knock doors. Like I'm, I'm not ashamed about that at all. Like I know it's the armpit of all sales, but I love to teach people how to do it. In fact, I'm going with a, a group tomorrow. I'll be down in Arizona for a couple of days and I'll be knocking doors with this group. One of the guys in the group is my son. Actually, I've, I've got a nice. son old enough to go out and knock doors now. And so him and, and some others, and we're just going to show them and, and it's going to be fun. And and that's what I try to do. Again, we keep it light. Like the things that I'm I'm out there doing in the home service industry or whatever, it's 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 just fun. You know, it's yeah. it's like it's not gonna make or break somebody's life if they don't get this, that, or the other. They don't get their carpets cleaned or their garage door fixed or you know, pest control. So you just try to entertain people, have a good time with people and realize, you know what, at the end of the day, you're probably not gonna see them again anyway. So you just that's just right. have fun with it. So yeah, it's so good. I used to we'll we'll move on from this topic, but one last little piece of that kind of fits in that having fun. I used to train new guys that would come in, you know, they'd be in training. I'd go over and sit and, you know, plug into their calls and we'd be, we'd be, you know, they were already nervous. They're new. And then now their manager's sure. sitting next to them and I'm plugged in and I go here on the next call. I want you to say hum, babe, H U M B A B E hum, babe. And they're like, what is that? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I want you to say hum, babe, as many times as you can. He's like, what? Like, I don't, I I'm, I'm struggling. Why are you telling me to do this? So, okay, when you, when you answer the phone, hey, this is Chaz from so-and-so. I was looking for so-and-so, Humbib. Yeah. And, and blah, blah, blah. I'm calling, from, I'm calling <laughs> about this, Humbib. And this, Humbib. And this, Humbib. And, and I'm like, look, here's the deal. They're either not going to hear it. And it's no big deal. Yeah. Or they are going to hear it, but they're not going to say anything. So it's no big deal. Or they are going to hear it, and they are going to say something. And he's going to say something like, did you just say Humbib? And you're going to be like, dude, yes, I did. Thank you got me. <laughs> And now you have one of the greatest conversations that you're ever about to have. Right. And, and there's that mindset of like, I can't mess this up. Yeah. I cannot mess this up. 
We used to have something similar. We used to have like a band of the day, right? Like you've got to say Bon Jovi on the doors. Like the, yes. you know what you've got to say Metallica or Motley Crue or whoever it was, right? You just got to, you got to work that into the conversation. And it's just, again, it kind of lightens the mood a little bit and somebody's not too dialed in and nervous about, am I going to mess up? Am I going to say the wrong thing? It's like, these are just people. You just talk to them like normal people and you'll have a good conversation. And so, yeah, those kind of things are fun. Those are the, the, the game within the game, right? Totally. Love it. Okay. So tell us, tell us the beginning. You said you got into door to door sales at the beginning, but like, what was the transition? Did you ever think that you were going to be a business owner? Kind of give us the beginnings of you and business. Yeah. So my mom actually owned a very small house cleaning business when I was younger. And so I, I, you know, do the stamps for endorse checks and I'd go out on the weekends and, you know, clean up these ski rentals in the winter that were just completely trashed and and everything else and just kind of help my mom with her business. So, but yeah, I served a two-year church mission. So I knocked a lot of doors. I served in Washington, DC doors just literally for two straight years. And upon coming home, starting school, college, I was going to my sophomore year in college And I just had a buddy that I played high school football with. And he reached out and said, dude, you got to come and knock doors with me. You can make like 20 grand in three or four months. And I, I literally just told him, I said, that's fake. There's no, (laughs) that's real. I I just said, there's no way I said, so I'm going to keep my, you know, job at this warehouse is lock and I'm going to keep my dignity. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to do the warehouse job. And I'll make my seven, eight bucks an hour, whatever it was. And you go make your millions or thousands here and and let me know. Sure enough, the fall hits September. This guy got back and he said, listen, it's legit. I made 25K and they promoted me to a manager. Next year, I'm going to be in Birmingham, Alabama. You you got you got to come out and you're going to be fantastic at this. And I trusted this guy. And, and yeah. so it was literally a friend of mine from high school that I went, all right, man, I'll, I'll pack up everything I own in my Nissan Altima. And, you know, I got married that, that previous summer. And so my wife and I drove across the country and we wow. set up shop in, in Birmingham, Alabama. And, and that's, that's how I got started knocking doors. Wow. <clears throat> I think that I heard several things in there that I think are, are funny, but also just fun to p- point out is that we all have that guy, whether we've been that guy or we have that guy where we're like, hmm. I don't know. Usually for me, I've been that guy. Like I can think sure. of a really good friend of mine. I've gotten involved with several things and he's like, mm, I don't know, buddy. Like I trust you. I love you, but mm, I don't know. And usually it works out and he's, you know, somewhat like, dang, I should have, I should have gotten in on that. But the, the second thing you said, you had gotten married, like, bro, your wife is a trooper to go across the country and let you door knock all day. Like talk about that from an angle of not only door knocking, but you starting the businesses. Has she been a pivotal part in that, just even from a support level? Talk about that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So yeah, she's she's a rock star. We've been married 25, hit our 25 year anniversary just this wow. last summer. Congrats. And, you know, no kids. I mean, it was just, it, the cool thing about it was I sold for three straight summers doing my undergrad. And again, no kids. We We didn't have many obligations. So it was kind of a cool experience for us just to go out to a different state, a different place. We didn't have family or, you know, we had, you know, right. these friends, a couple of friends here and there, but we kind yeah. of had to rely on each other. And I, and I think our relationship during those three summers really set a good foundation for us as a couple that, Hey, we're on our own. We can do this. We can take care of ourselves. And, you know, she'd go get jobs, just these little part-time jobs to keep herself busy, you know, during those summers. But I remember it literally was probably, I don't know, five or six years ago. And she's like, 
do you think it'd be fun to go do another summer of sales? Like if we just went somewhere and got away and went and did it. And I was like, oh, maybe <laughs> fun for you. But I, I don't know about for me how fun that would be because I just have one speed when I'm working and it would be like, I, you know, we have kids now and all these obligations and it's like, oh, yeah, that'd have yeah, been yeah. a nightmare. So I've kind of like squashed that a little bit. But but yeah, no, those <laughs> those first years when it was just the two of us, it, it was it was huge for our relationship. That's awesome, dude. OK, let's go. Let's go practically in the business. So you not only you're you're door-to-door knocking, but you're creating this process. You've written a couple of books. You're, you now have this consulting where you're teaching the process. In some of the earlier years, I want to know of a good decision that you made that could be practical. Obviously, you're in a different business than maybe one of the listeners here today, but man, you've made a lot of good choices. I want to know one of them. Yeah. So I I think for me, the the best choice, besides just the choice to go out and try something, you know, that that was difficult that I didn't quite believe in, but I trusted my friend. It was the decision during that, the, the decisions I made during that first summer, because I was the one that, you know, we set our goals. The company I was working for said, you got to write your goal down. You got to show your manager what your goal is. And I had this goal, this crazy goal is like 442. 42 is my favorite number. And the kind of money I wanted to make was in the 400 range. So I was like, 442, I'm going to do that. There you go. And I remember turning that paper in and that manager looking at that paper and kind of nodding his head. He's like, nobody's ever done that as a first year. Like, there's no way. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad you put that goal down. And yeah. I was like, that's all the motivation I need, right? For somebody to tell me I can't do something. And, and so I put down on paper, not just what I needed to do, you know, 442 at the end of the summer, not what I needed to do every month to get that or every week to do that, not every day to do that, every hour. I had it narrowed down. This is exactly what I need to do. I had a formula. And what that formula had me doing was before our daily training meeting, I was going out an hour to go talk to five people because I knew I could could control my work ethic, right? Just control the controllables like like we hear a lot. And that's, that's really, to me, that's the best decision that I made that summer is just learning how to control what I could control and then let everything else, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And I think I've carried that on throughout my life is just, just controlling what I can do and I can work as, as long and as, as hard as I want, right? Like I, I can do that. I can control that. I can, can't control the, if it rains, I can't control if I knock doors and people don't answer or, or whatever, you know, the husband or the wife aren't home. I, I can't control a lot of those things, but I can control just going out and, and, you know, walking from door to door and talking right. to as many people as I can putting in those extra hours. So that that's been huge for me. And I learned that my, my first year knocking doors really. Yeah. <clears throat> I was just thinking how obviously applicable this is to just, basic business decision-making of, of control of controllables. What would you say to the guy listening right now? Who's, you know, he's got a $400,000 business, a $700,000 business. Maybe he's right at that million dollar mark and, and he's got a small team, right? He's doing a lot. He's busy, busy being busy. He's probably doing a lot of the sales himself. Also, what do you say to that guy about controlling the controllables, whether it's in sales, whether it's in the business, what would you say? So, one thing that is is big for me is I've always said I'm never going to be that business owner that's not willing to do anything within my company to make it successful. And I've known a lot of business owners. I consult for some where it's like, how do I get off the doors or or how do I quit making phone calls and do an outbound and what do I need to do? Well, if you if you have your process and you, and you train your people, that's great. But I've always told my business partners, I said, listen, if everything goes to hell in a handbasket. 
I can go knock doors and I will do that for this company to keep it afloat and do whatever I can do. Because I mean, yeah. literally when we started the company, it was me selling one of my business partners spraying. And that was it. it. It was the two of us, you know, that first year until we had to hire more technical help. Yeah. But I just, I'd be willing to steal grind it, whatever your goals are, right? Because we got to talk about that. And like, maybe your goal is a $700,000 business. That's great. If, if that's yeah. what your goal is, then keep on keeping on. But if you want to keep pushing those limits, don't be afraid to get out on the truck and go do some jobs, get out on the doors or get on the phones or whatever it is to continue to generate business. Don't be, don't be that, that one that stands on that ivory tower and just looks at everything and makes sure you, you may get to that place, right? And that's the hope as a business owner, right? We can get to that place where, you know, we're, we're, we can work on the business, not in the business, all those things that, that we can make sure that we're helping our company, that it succeeds yeah. even when we're not there. But if you're still in that growth mode and you're still grinding it out, then, then yeah, you should be willing to do anything yeah. and everything to reach those benchmarks. Yeah. It's so good because <clears throat> there's a lot of guys or gals even listening and, and, and a lot of other places they hear hire people, build systems, which they're going to hear some of that here as well. But a lot of the, you know, zero to a million is just go get some sales, bro. Yeah. And, and, and that takes a certain mindset, which is what you've just described this willingness to no matter what, get in there, get my hands dirty. And if even if it's me, the owner making the calls or knocking the doors, it doesn't really matter. There's this, there's this grit that you've got to have first. And then of course you then duplicate that over the course of time through mindset, through training, through hiring consultants like you. But if you don't have it first, how, how can we, how can we replicate some, something else inside of your organization? And, and most people that that's as I've consulted for, for a lot of different companies, most owners, what I've found is they don't know how to make themselves replicable, right? They, they yeah. just don't know how to do it. They think they've got to do everything and they've got to pick up all the pieces and they've got to clean the bathroom because nobody can clean it like them. Well, then you're going to, you're going to plateau, right? Yeah. You, you, you know, you've heard, I've heard it on your show before, right? Everybody has 24 hours. Like we, we, we can only do so much. Yeah. So if you can make what you do and, and focus on the most important things of what you do and then train people on how to do that and have good systems and follow-ups and all those things in place, then all of a sudden you can take and, and you can two times your company, three, four, five times, whatever it is, because now other people are doing things that you typically do, but they're doing it like you, you know, they're yeah. doing it just like you did, but you have to be a good teacher. You have to be somebody that, that again, yeah. can teach them things that, that they can go ahead and, and replicate themselves. Yeah. I also just love your mindset around the owner being sold out to revenue generating <clears throat> activities because, you know, yeah, there's a lot of introverts, a lot yeah. of extroverts. There's a lot of people who, you know, <laughs> exactly. Well, you and I, so it's like, we have this back and forth where it's like, man, the reality of me or whoever the listener is going like, okay, I'm going to go be the best salesperson. It sometimes feels easier just to go hire somebody, which I'm not saying is the wrong move. You might need to go hire a salesperson or maybe a sales manager to hire your two or three, four, five, ten 10 salespeople. But the focus or the obsession really around revenue generating activities from ownership. Yep. Like, what are we talking about? We're talking about, did we make money? Where did the sale come from? And that is just a certain like pulse of the business, a certain frequency. And, and so I think more than anything, that's what I'm hearing you deliver to the listener right now. It's like, bro, you, if you're not sales focused, like where, how, 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 what are you going to do? How are you going to duplicate yourself? How can you even hire, go hire somebody? You got to have revenue. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's key. You got to you got to generate and and again and and that's an important part as well. It's generating good revenue. It's generating consistent revenue. And it doesn't just have to be the owner. It shouldn't just be the owner, but it should be the owner who, if that's most entrepreneurial minded folks, are more sales background. You know, more, more of that growth. That's probably what a lot of your listeners are. So if you've kind of started that and you know started that wheel. Now we've got to teach other people how to how to create that same will. So again, you can get people coming in and 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 again two times and three times and four times and plus your business. Exactly. All right, let's flip the script, Lenny. Tell me about a bad choice, something that you did just didn't work out. Give it to us raw. So I had, you know, I, I've made a lot of bad choices, honestly. And one of them that comes to mind is one of the first ones. Is so we we built this company up. We were the largest residential pest control company in the state after about five years. And we had an acquirer come knock on our door. We had an acquisition. It was a it was a seven figure acquisition. You know, here I am in my twenties, and it's like holy cow, like this. And my business partner says, "Dude, we need to invest our money." And I said, "Okay, that sounds good." So we, you know, we both went to this guy and and you know dropped uh, you know a few hundred thousand dollars, I'll say, and he ends up being you know running a Ponzi scheme, and and the money disappeared, you know, and it was gone. And so all of us have made bad investments, more than likely. But that was that was a big one for me. That was an eye opener for me to go, man. Just because I I made a certain amount or because I had a certain amount of success it can be gone like that, you know, if, you, if you're not smart with, with what you're doing. So as I try to do, I don't, I don't look at a lot of, of even bad or negative things as things to get me down or to keep me down. It's more like, what can I learn from that? It's, it's a, and I think if that's the concept of, of my door-to-door background, right? It's like, just because somebody told me no, I, that doesn't matter. I just want to learn why they told me no. So the next time somebody says exactly what they say, I'm better prepared to hopefully turn that no into a yes. And so I, I looked at that, uh, that experience and it was horrible and yeah, it, it sucked, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm like, that's helped me from that point on to be more careful and to invest more wisely with, with other people and, and obviously in other, other processes. It, it was one of those things. So, you know, as, as a, like I said, as a missionary for, for my church yeah. and, yeah. I remember my my mission president, he's kind of like your your leader of of the mission, you know, for a certain, you know, couple hundred, 300 missionaries. And as I was leaving my mission, he interviewed me and he said, you be careful. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. That That's my life advice to you. And of course, here I am. And this guy's saying, hey, you get a 10% return on your money every month. And I'm thinking, oh, that sounds great. And then I go ahead and do it. And of course, when the money goes away, the first person I think about is his mission president, where it's like, I'm no. an idiot. Like he told me this seemed too good to be true. I probably shouldn't just walk the other way. So, yeah. yeah. Which is, which, you know, it takes us back to the conversation with your buddy originally before door knocking. That was kind of your thought then was like, mm, no, too good to be true. I'm going to back away. Yep. And so, this is what business ownership does to us when we take the risk and it works. And so you let your buddy take the risk. It worked. Then he brought you in. It really worked. And then it worked again and again. And so we think, okay, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have my guard up and and we shouldn't, but we should like, there's yeah. this balance is what you're talking about. This good decision-making. It's why we talk about it right here on the freaking show. That's right. That's right. Because man, we're going to make the mistakes. We are. But if I can, if I can learn from Lenny, if I can learn from all these other guests, if I can learn from people that are around me, my president, uh, missionary president, I, I can take all these things and go, okay, how do I make this good decision? You know, and maybe sometimes it's investing, maybe sometimes it's holding off or doing a little bit more research, whatever it is. So anything else you want to throw onto that is such, just such a great, 
great topic. Well, that, that's the thing, right? I always tell people this too, when they're, they start out knocking or when I'm <clears throat> consulting for business owners, it's like, listen, Hey, we're going to scratch our knees. We're going to stub our toes. Let's just, let's just call that. We're, we're going to do that. Like in yeah. the, in the, in the process of learning, you know, I've got a, a little daughter now. We had a surprise baby. So we, okay. we had a surprise baby. My youngest son was 13. And then we have this newborn right in, in the wow. house. And now she's one. And I'm reminded from her every day, all the things that I learned where she's learning how to walk and she falls a lot. And it's like, we don't, you know, we don't tell this baby like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're falling. Like get up and figure this out. Right. It's like, right. no, you're like, good job. You took some great steps and, you know, we, we cheer her on. Well, that's how we should be as, as people, as business owners in that, right. Where it's like, Hey, you made a mistake, but look where you are. Look, you made that mistake because you're here in this place and you took these right steps. Well, guess what? We stubbed our toe now. Let's just get back up and let's learn from that and move on. And so you learn these life lessons, I think, running businesses that hopefully translate into being a better husband, being a better father, be, being a better person in general. That, that's that's the hope, you know, eventually. So, yeah. Yeah. Being a king. All right. <clears throat> We've talked about process. We talked about or we talked about decision making. I want to know your process now. We just kind of were alluding to it a little bit, stubbing, you know, knees and, and toes and stuff. But if a decision comes across your desk right now today in the business, is there certain steps that you follow or a mindset that you're in process of thinking? Yeah, I mean, it, here's the thing. I, I'm open to everything, but I'm very guarded about everything as well. So I, I don't mind, you know, entertaining some different things. And, and again, my business partners and I, there's three of us, you know, the three kings, maybe. I don't know. I'll throw there you out. go. Hey, uh, we got the three kings here. And we're kind of, you know, we all have different strengths and and we kind of help each other out in, in different ways, whether it's operations, finance, sales, marketing, what, whatever it is, right? Sure. Yeah. And, and I think we kind of have, you know, what I would say is an executive board where we can throw ideas out. And, and again, we, we try with all of our experience, 70, going on 70 years combined experience in, you know, together in the, in the same industries. And yeah. we kind of go, you know what, Let, let's look at this and let's, let's see what it, what it's about. So I think surrounding yourself with the right people, with good people, again, that business partner that I had in 2003, when we started our first pest control company, he's still my business partner today. And then we brought another one on who was one of our first door to door guys, you know, that, that ever worked for us, you know, beyond me. And yeah. so I, I've surrounded myself with people I trust and people whose opinions matter and then we just kind of weigh it out. And we, we again, not that we've been 100% successful in all of our decisions, but we've got a pretty dang high success rate. And I think that's just surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah, love that. All right. In the speed round here, I'm going to ask you a couple questions that are a little different angle. But my first one is around KPIs. So what's the most important KPI in a door-to-door -door business? Give us that. What, what are we tracking here? So it would be easy to say sales. Right. That would be the easy one to say, eh, just how many how many sales are you making? But I, I peel back the onion layers a, a little bit more. It's not just sales to me, but it's a retention of new sales. Oh, good. OK, because, track that. yeah, because if you don't if you just have the sales numbers, that's great. But if you're not retaining them, is that a sales rep issue? Is it a service issue? Is it a customer service issue? I mean, there's there's a breakdown there if we're not retaining the, these new accounts. So I, I think for me, one of the biggest KPIs that, that I think owners should look at is the new sales, but what is the retention of those new sales? And why is it higher in some avenues and lower in the others and fig figuring out really how to make sure that the energy and the effort and the money that's put into getting new sales, how do we make sure that's, that's being spent wisely? Yeah. 
Yeah, because it does cost money to pay a guy to go knock on a door. Yeah. Effort, energy, and money. It costs all of those things. And if you do the calculations right, it takes a whole lot less money, effort, time to just keep the guy you already got. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Even if it costs a little bit, right? Like usually that cost is is still going to be less. You still need both. That's not that's not an excuse for the listener to stop getting new sales. <laughs> right. Two sales oh, guys over here. Got to get the new sales. <laughs> got to get the new sales. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. What book would you recommend, Lenny? You've obviously got two. So if they are interested in door to door, give us the names of those. And then and then what else would you recommend? Yeah. So, yeah, my two books, Door to Door Millionaire, Secrets of Making the Sale and more Door to Door Millionaire, Next Level Training. So those are my two books. I highly recommend the audible version of those books because I narrate and and nice. Door to door is kind of a different language, and even just B two B, you know, whatever it is. Like I have a lot of companies that aren't even in door to door that use my books for training because it teaches you whether you're a CSR and you're doing inbound or outbound. Like there's a there's a, a language with it, yeah. and so the fact that I narrate them, I think that's been the most popular by far. I mean, I got paperback, hardback, you know, what right. all the Kindles and all those things. But but if I can hear you do it, then I can I can hear an example. Yeah. So so I think the Audible versions have been super popular. Even though I, I'll say. Recording your own book is probably as hard as writing your own book. I mean, that was a brutal thing being in the studio and having to give that energy for four straight hours or, you know, whatever thing. So, but yeah, my two books, obviously, I'm a pretty avid reader of business books. I don't do, I don't, I I do a lot of self help, you know, books and and that kind of thing. So for business own, obviously, the E Myth Revisited is is a huge one. One I, a couple that I've read recently that I really liked are The Comfort Crisis. That was a good one. Rejection Proof. That that's a really good one as well. Yeah, I mean, those are just the ones that come off the top of my head right now. So we'll drop them all in the show notes, and they can they can get uh, links to yours as well as to everyone else's that you've mentioned. But yeah, those are some great books, and and just from the titles, I can tell the principles on the ones that I didn't even know. It's like, yep, they need that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We yeah, need that. Good so. stuff. Good stuff. Exactly. What is your thoughts around intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? Yeah. And I feel like I, I've, I've gotten the opportunity to do that. Not necessarily in, in the group setting, right? A lot of my colleagues sure. have done the groups. I, I, I haven't. I feel like I interact with business owners almost on a daily basis from, from clients of mine. So it's, it's kind of in a roundabout way, but it's, it's so fun to learn. In fact, I was on a call you know, two days ago now and I'm, I'm, I'm with a client and we're talking and I get a call from somebody I'm, I'm very heavily involved with, with his company right now. It's, it's uh, Tommy Mello. A lot of people in the home service industry, that's going to, that's going to ring a bell. He's, he's a rock yeah. star. And he calls me and I'm in the middle of this consultation call, this paid call with one of my clients who, who runs a, a pest and fertilizer company. And I'm like, I, I got to take this call. And so I'm like, what do I do? And I, I asked permission for, for the guy I'm talking. I said, do you mind if I take this call? And he says, only if I can listen in because yeah, he buddy. knows who Tommy is. And he's just like, I, I've got to listen in. And That's so right. obviously I, I pick up and Tommy's fine with it. And so we're, we're talking back and forth. And he's just like, that was so valuable to hear these two giants talking about this, that, and the other. So yeah, there, there is something about yeah. taking away that steepness of the learning curve by surrounding yourself with other people who are successful, with other people who have been there, done that, who have you know scratched their knees, stubbed their toes, like we talked about earlier. If if you can surround yourselves with the right group of people, man, it just it just shortcuts you. I mean, it, it's literally a cheat code, right? You've shortcutted all the mistakes that they've made. You don't have to you don't have to redo those. Yeah, 
Yeah. If you can, if you can pay attention, stay humble. Yeah. Make good decisions. hundred percent. Okay. Last question, Lenny. I, I, uh, you're not going to, you're not going to get this one even from the episodes that you've listened to. So this is a surprise. Okay. If you could talk to the younger Lenny, if you could whisper in the younger Lenny's ear, what would you say? I could whisper in the younger Lenny's ear, man. Yeah. I grew up probably like a lot of your guests and listeners, man, I grew up with nothing, man. My, you know, like I said, my, my mom was a small business owner. My dad was a police officer and, and, you know, interesting story there of how they met. He's, he's my adopted dad. Haven't seen or talked to my, my biological dad probably since I was five or six years old, whatever it was. Yeah. And, and so to me, I would probably just, just tell myself, like, just believe in you. Like it, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter what you, what you've come from, whether you've come from the good, the bad or the ugly, right? You, you just, just believe in yourself and, and whatever that takes to, to get yourself to that point where it's like, you, you have limitless capacity if, if you want to take it. And if you came from a family that, you know, maybe, maybe people weren't as, as, oh, maybe they're lazy. Maybe they just, they just weren't go-getters. It doesn't mean you have to, you have to be like that. It, you just, you just believe in yourself and, and get after what, what dreams you want to accomplish and, and you can do it, man. I, I mean, that, that's probably what I just whisper in my, my own, because there are, there are hard times, right? When you come into a family situations and there's just difficulties, it's like, dad, just keep believing in you. And that's, that's, that's what I whisper to myself. It's a great question, by the way. And I haven't heard you ask that before. So I'm like, you scared me. Like, why in the not prepared? You ask me this question, <laughs> but I, that's what I'd say off the cuff. Couldn't prepare for that at all. That's just, that's for Yeah. Me. Well, and, and, and obviously an unprepared answer on that one is, is what's real, you know? So, um, we try to keep it, keep it real, but you, with that question, but obviously the whole entire show here, you've, you've given us really, really so many different angles of your story specifically, but then how we, and then obviously the listener should be thinking obviously sales you talked about even process frameworks you talked about you know spending time in certain areas like the book or even recording the book like those even those little things that you mentioned it's like man those are super applicable to the thing that maybe is just hard or the thing that we know that we need to do that uh um and so again just absolutely sensational you've already mentioned your books how can the listener find you website social how can they connect maybe they want to hire you Maybe they're interested in, in implementing door-to-door in their business. How can they find you? Yeah. So yeah, best recommendation. You can go to my website, LennyGray.com. And I've also have, you know, I'm also on all the social, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm kind of all over the place. At D2Dmillionaire.com. That's D2Dmillionaire is the name of my, my consulting company. So Lenny at D2Dmillionaire.com if you want to drop me an email. I love to talk to business owners. I love the opportunity to help them. I love to give them a chance to know is door to door right for me. Cause I will tell you if it's not, that's, that's straight up. Like I've had plenty of clients that come in and have these ideas and I say, no, no, that's, that's not going to work. And this is why. So, you know, just to save you a little time and effort, it, it's yeah. fun to, and in fact, I do a 15 minute free consultation call with any, anybody who, who jumps in and, and wants to just chat with me for 15 yeah. minutes and, and we can kind of make a decision from there and, and see if I can be of help. So yeah, I'm all about okay. I'm all about just helping people. That, that's that's where I'm at in life, and, and that's what I want to do. Yeah, that's what a king does, man. So uh, you've been kingly here today. Uh, we appreciate the mindset, the energy that you brought underneath the lights or not. We know that it was real, so we just really appreciate that. Blessings on your family, your business, your business partners, everything you put your hands to. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Chaz. Appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings Thank today. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. You nuggets to apply to your business right away. More importantly, right away. I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being successful than just doing it being by yourself, carrying the weight What I have realized, not only in my own, what I have realized, not only in my multiple businesses, multiple businesses, now interviewing, literally now interviewing three hundred, literally over other very successful seven, eight, nine figure business owners, seven, eight, nine figure business owners it's is tough to do it alone and so gathering the kings alone. literally so gathering the kings literally exists bring together successful entrepreneurs in fact together successful entrepreneurs in fact one we are putting together one specifically who are specifically who are grateful we're intentionally assembling kings we're intentionally assembling nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe and communities and here's what we believe of excellence in those areas excellence and in those areas within us that it ignites within us govern responsibility to govern power and legacy so if that relates legacy so if that relates with you and you know that you need people around you know that you need qualified sharp other qualified successful business owners I want you to go successful business owners. I want you to go to gathering the Take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense. Take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of to one thousand kings. To one thousand kings. Talk soon.